Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about design and dimensional constraints when you're designing a living space. Most people have a hard time looking at a set of plans and visualizing their furniture in that space. It's a process that comes with practice. The most important room in a house to design really well is the kitchen. In today's homes, with the cost of construction, space comes at a premium. When you consider the utility of the space, you have to consider how much real space is required for walking inside a home. If the spaces between elements are too small, even a large room can feel crowded. I've got a few pet peeves when it comes to designing the main living area. This means the large open concept area that comprises the living room, the breakfast dining area, and the kitchen. In today's modern home, this is usually one large room with only a soft delineation of space. In the kitchen, a center island usually provides that boundary. On today's show, we're going to give you a design idea that's a bit difficult to visualize if you have trouble translating the spoken word into a visual image, but here we go. If you've got a family with a sizable kitchen table, most tables are about three and a half feet wide. Dining chairs, they're about two feet deep, and they occupy about three feet when they're pushed back from the table. Now, you don't want the chairs to hit the wall, so you need another foot of clearance behind the chair. Add all of this up, and you need 12 feet minimum for a dining area not to feel crowded. I see many homes being designed with much less than that. I've seen 9 feet, 10 feet, and sometimes 11 feet, which is starting to become a bit more reasonable. But if you need to ask someone to pull in their chair to walk behind them, if they're seated at the table, it's too tight. Sometimes you even need to ask them to get up from their chair because there just isn't enough space to get up from the table if someone's seated next to you. Let's go to the kitchen. When you're working in a kitchen with an island, the dishwasher is sometimes in the island, sometimes it's on the outer wall, the space between the island and that next counter is usually four feet in most kitchens. And if there's a fridge protruding six inches, well now that walking space is reduced to three and a half feet. What that means is when the dishwasher is open, there's not enough space to walk past the dishwasher safely without the risk of tripping on the dishwasher door. I've seen this dimension used even in large kitchens. It's crowded and it's unsafe. And as you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh yeah, I can visualize what Victor's talking about. You might even have it in your own kitchen. Now, if you have a kitchen with an island, you have two feet for the counter, four feet for the space to the island, and another three feet for the island. And let's say there's an island with a breakfast bar. You need another three feet for the stools behind the island. It means you need a minimum of 12 feet for the kitchen. But if you remember, the space between the island and the counter was already too small at four feet. So ideally, 12 feet's not enough. You need at least 13 feet for the kitchen as a minimum dimension. And if you want that dining room table we spoke about, you need another 12 feet for a total of 25 feet of interior dimension. That's just barely making everything fit in the room with no breathing room. So here's a possible solution. The room has a lot more space on the diagonal. The diagonal dimension from one corner of the room to the other is by far the longest dimension. So if you design the entire space to be furnished on the diagonal with, say, the stove in the corner, you can have the stove back here on a short diagonal wall. You can have a very spacious walkway between the stove and the island. There's no risk of a trip hazard with the dishwasher. If you design the island to be at 45 degrees, also on the diagonal, you have a more interesting delineation of space to the dining area and to the sitting area. I know it's a little difficult to visualize over a podcast, but where the savings come in has to do with the dining table. See, the dining table is a longer measurement when you measure it on the diagonal compared with its shortest side. But when you add the depth of the chairs and the space required to push back, it turns out that the diagonal is in fact the shortest dimension. 
That's why when you walk into some restaurants, you'll often see all of the tables in the dining room turn 45 degrees. It creates more walking space between the tables and make the restaurant feel less crowded. You can apply that same principle in your home. And when you put the sofa at 45 degrees and the coffee table and the dining table all at 45 degrees, the space looks more interesting. It's less boring. Most importantly, it's giving you the space where you need it. It's behind the chairs where you're going to push back. And much of that space in the living room, a dining room, and a kitchen is wasted because chairs take up a lot of room. So on today's show, we're just giving you a little design idea that might be useful in the design of a new space in order to maximize the utility of a space you're looking to furnish. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.